genies. Why are genies always stuck in a bottle? And why is it always three wishes? What if you were given just one wish? What would you wish for? In some ways, this is kind of what happened to Solomon, the son of King David. In 1 Kings chapter 3, after Solomon takes over uh, in the kingly role after David, after David had died, God basically says in a dream, I will grant anything you wish for. King Solomon, instead of asking for riches, asked for wisdom. God is pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom instead of riches. The first reading is from wisdom, also known as the wisdom of Solomon. The first reading could be Solomon reflecting on the moment when he asked for wisdom instead of riches. I pleaded and the spirit of wisdom came to me. Solomon goes on to say he preferred wisdom to riches, to the throne, to gold and silver, and even to health. My definition of wisdom is the ability to perceive and understand reality. Let's just say before I was ordained, I was traveling with another seminary and through construction around Chicago. The speed limit signs at 45. So this seminarian who was very intelligent, uh, he even annoyed some of our professors. Uh, however, during uh, driving in the construction around Chicago, I thought we were going to die. Since the speed limit set 45, he went 45. Cars were zooming past us at 70, 75 miles an hour, having to swerve at the last minute to keep from hitting us. Uh, this is also the same guy who drives in the left lane on the interstate because he's going at the speed limit. He thinks it's a limit, therefore no one should be going faster than him, therefore it's okay for him to drive in the left lane. If you can't tell from the tone of my voice, this super annoys me. So I suppose intelligence says that the speed limit is a limit. Uh, wisdom says to drive with the flow of traffic. Solomon even says that he prefers wisdom to light because there's only light part of the day whereas the splendor of wisdom never rests. God is wisdom. God is reality. God has always been and will always be. God has completely revealed himself when he came to earth 2,000 years ago. The wisdom, the truth of Jesus Christ was given to the apostles in what is called the deposit of faith. This deposit of faith was given to the apostles and handed on from bishop to bishop down to today. This is called apostolic succession. This means that Bishop Quinn, the bishop of our diocese, can say so-and-so ordained him a bishop, and so-and-so ordained that person a bishop, and so on and so forth, all the way back to one of the twelve apostles. That is true, Jesus himself didn't write anything. There are no writings of Jesus Christ. Rather, the early church uh, shared uh, what Jesus said and stories of Jesus that contained the truth that Jesus spoke, that Jesus is. Some of this truth, uh, Jesus, some of this truth of Jesus was written down in what we now know as the New Testament part of the Bible. Jesus himself saw himself as the fulfillment of the promises given to the Jewish people of an eternal Savior. Thus the early Christians kept the scriptures of the Jews. 
Today, as Christians, we call this the Old Testament part of the Bible. So scripture, the Bible, are part of the truth of Jesus Christ, part of the truth that Jesus handed on, deposited to his apostles. Thus, our second reading can say, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Because this is true, we can call the Bible, the scripture, the living word of God. The Bible contains the wisdom of God. This wisdom is timeless. This means the Bible is always applicable. This means that the timeless truth, the wisdom contained in scripture, always has something to say about God, us human beings, and our relationship with God and others. In the gospel, Jesus challenges the rich young man. The man comes before Jesus, even kneels before him, and asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now Jesus goes through the commandments, and when he does so, the young man responds, Teacher, all these I have observed from my youth. So intelligence says to follow the rules because they are rules. Wisdom says to follow the rules out of love for God and others, and thus your life will be more rich and fulfilling. The rich young man was a rule follower. He did not follow the rules out of love. And Jesus knows this, so he calls the man to sacrifice. Love on this side of heaven always requires sacrifice. Jesus knows the man is attached to material things. So Jesus challenges him to sell what he has and give it to the poor. The man goes away sad because he can't step up to the challenge. Now the rich young man obviously wants eternal life, but he's unwilling to make the sacrifice to achieve it. He is unwilling to put relationships, in this case a relationship with Jesus, ahead of his material possessions. Now one commentary I read said there is nothing that says he didn't come back later, and maybe he did. Maybe after his encounter with Jesus, he had a conversion of heart, sold everything after all, and followed Jesus. We too should desire eternal life. We too, if given one wish, should wish for eternal life. We should desire eternal life with God in heaven above all else. But we, I, often act like the rich young man. I put material things, passing things, ahead of my relationship with Jesus all the time. And I do, I have a lot of stuff. Most of us in America do, we have a lot of stuff at least compared to the majority of people who live on this planet. So when Jesus says it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who has wished to enter the kingdom of God, then we, listen, then we need to listen up. This is us. We are the rich. Not just the people in Silicon Valley or in Hollywood. We are the rich. We are the ones with many possessions. Needles fit in your hand. Camels are a large animal. For a camel to pass through the eye of a needle is, if you're wondering, impossible. So is there hope for us? Can we be saved? Then who can be saved, they asked. Jesus responds, for human beings it is impossible, but not for God. 
all things are possible for God. To be saved then, we need not intelligence but wisdom. We need to follow Jesus. We may, not, we may not be called to sell everything, but we need to get rid of anything that gets in the way of our relationship with Jesus. Why? Because being one of the rich, we cannot get to eternal life on our own. There is as much chance of that as a camel passing through the eye of a needle. So zero. As I have said before, the reason I think the poor have an inside track to eternal life is because they know materially that they are not self-sufficient. So it's easy for them to understand that they need help. Uh, they need assistance, the help of Jesus Christ to get to eternal life, to get to heaven. Whereas the rich, we like to think that we're self-sufficient materially, and so it's often easy for us to be lulled into the subconscious attitude of self-sufficiency, of self-improvement, of earning our way into eternal life, into heaven. We may even say that Jesus saves us, but act like we save ourselves. This is why we, the rich, need extra graces of humility, of docility. This is why we need to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. This is why we need to be a follower of Jesus. We need Jesus to unlearn the ways of the world, and learn the ways of the kingdom of God. All things are possible for God, including getting us rich people to eternal life. Now intelligence, knowledge is a good thing. Uh, it's, that is good because you guys are paying thousands of dollars to learn things, right? We can learn about the reality of God's creation through uh, knowledge. And we can even gain intelligence about human beings and in our interactions with each other in studies such as sociology. We can even gain intelligence about God in the study of theology. No matter what our field of study is, we can use this intelligence, this knowledge, to make a world a better place. But do we have the wisdom, the love of God, to follow Jesus? Do we have the wisdom, the love of Jesus, to sell everything if we were asked to? St. Francis and many others have felt a radical call to poverty out of love of Jesus. Many religious orders still take a vow of poverty today. Fortunately or unfortunately, diocesan priests do not take a vow or a promise of poverty. Most of us are not called to this radical poverty of giving up all of our possessions. But we are called to give up anything that stands in the way of our relationship with God. We are called to radically rely on God. If we do this, Jesus promises that we will receive a hundredfold in return. I have found this to be true in my own life. God is never outdone in generosity. So yes, be intelligent, but even more so and much harder to do, be wise. See the wisdom that only comes from following and loving Jesus Christ. Then and only then will we be on the path to inheriting eternal life.